Leads, leads, leads. What is happening? Welcome to Working Hours, an oral history podcast about a place called Leeds, a time called now, and an activity called work. Working Hours wants to record 1,000 loiners over the course of this, the most important decade in the history of the human species, and ask them about what they do all day and hear how they feel about it. My name is Simon, and this is all my fault. My mission here is to try to map out what my city, Leeds, a city that has declared a climate emergency, did during humanity's biggest emergency. On working hours, we hear how loiners have, are, and will be coping with our multiple and expanding crises during their day-to-day working hours. Can we turn things around? We'll find out. To tell this story, I need loiners. Loiners like you, dear listener. I need people in Leeds or people from Leeds to come on this podcast and just tell me what they do all day and let me record how this affects us. Thank you for listening. What did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah, great question. I was trying to think about this because um, I don't think I had like one thing that I wanted to do growing up. Um, so I think there was a few different things that I thought I'd seen other people do or I was interested in. So I remember wanting to be a mechanic at one point. Mm. I got books out of the library about car maintenance and things like that. I don't think that lasted very long. Um, what drove that? Was mom... it a film or something? But what drove the interest in car mechanics? Um, so I, you know, I'm all about female empowerment and um, I I don't think everyone has to you know, be a typical girly girl. Yeah. So I think it was a bit, maybe a bit rebellious yeah. of like, I'm not going to do, you know, a job or a career that maybe other girls would stereotypically do. Um, so wanted to be a mechanic, even before I had a car. Mm. So I think it was just a stereo- trying to think of a stereotypical male job yeah. and, and do it as a bit of a rebellion. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's where it came from. <laughs> cool. Um, my mum uh, was a botanist. Wow. So she... Um, she brought us up planting trees mm. and being out in nature. So um, I think at one point I wanted to, you know, do something in, in, in like parks and ranges mm. and planting trees. Um, and then as I sort of got a bit older, um, I wanted to help people. Mm. So I wanted to make a difference. Um, so yeah, I didn't have sort of one standout mm. profession or career that I wanted to do. Very much was lots of different interests. Um, that I can remember anyway. <laughs> yeah. So it was a kind of, you got to the point of being a bit older and you were like, oh, I know there are jobs now. I don't want to just make money. I want to do something good. Yeah. I want to, I want to help yeah. people sort of thing. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think I had a, a period where I wanted to be an artist as well. Mm. So I got really into art at school, got really creative. Um, and I think that probably lasted like the longest. Yeah. But then, like you say, I think you have a bit of a, adult um contribution of you need to do something to earn some money mm. so then thought actually do something to help people but i've always kept the art going on the side okay. so even though it's not a a job that i've had that i've been paid for yeah. it's something that i still really enjoy and love and do cool so we'll jump straight into what are you doing now then yeah so i am the co-founder of a small eco business called adored earth Mm -hmm. so we set up in the pandemic and our whole 
a whole inspiration was about trying to create products that were eco that actually worked yeah worked really well um and i've always been into litter picking and you know trying to be proud about your local community and tidying beach cleans and things like that mm-hmm. um so we always had an annoyance about the amount of plastic mm. that's created so that sort of inspired me and my, my partner mm-hmm. to set up this this business in in lockdown to try and think about how can we make really good products that are eco-friendly but don't you know mean that lots of large single use plastic bottles are going off to landfill mm-hmm. so that sort of was was the what was the inspiration um so that's we've been doing about a year and a half mm-hmm. now um and what's been brilliant about it and how my role has grown and how i've got more involved is that um it's not just about selling products mm-hmm. to people um we've actually started like a bit of a movement which is really cool so um because we're so passionate about reducing you know the impact on our environment that yep. we we generally anyway personally like i say do litter picks beach cleans we sow seeds mm-hmm. um with the leeds woodland creation team in the summer we plant seeds with them in the winter we raise those for charity so because we set up this business um, being a co-founder um, we were sort of sharing all those things with people about actually our ethos as a business and what's been amazing is that um, we've got into this massive community um, with a, a big event called the clean tidy home show that we were selected to join and they um, basically it's it's sort of blown from there really blown up it's, it's brilliant we've had people who see what we're doing and want to join in mm-hmm. and help us um so we've been having massive community lit picks across the country we've had people joining um through lives on instagram um we even had people get involved from america mm-hmm. from italy from poland so it went international um so it's sort of grown really to a point where it's not just about selling products because that's so my partner focuses on that side mm-hmm. the development the creating new products and new ideas things like that um so my focus is on the you know the marketing social media helping people to understand what we're doing um setting up the big events that we do like clean tidy home show that's just happened mm-hmm. um but then i also do all the the enjoyable stuff about arranging the community little picks the beach cleans so the really the the community-based stuff yeah so i really 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 love what i do because um it isn't just a business and it's not just about making money it's about trying to inspire people to not just think you know oh there's so many big companies that are making so much um harm to the environment or create so much plastic there's no point in me doing it we hear that a lot Mm -hmm. but what's really nice is that because we've been doing this and using social media platform to do it we've had so many people who've just never had a conversation with but seen what we're what we're doing um and said oh i really want to get involved in litter picking so we do it with um, litter free leads mm-hmm. which is a brilliant community-based group in leeds so we've linked people in with them we've got people linked in with their own local community litter picking groups um so yeah it's 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 really nice that it's grown to that point because it doesn't feel like a job a lot of the time it feels like we're just you know helping connect people with things they can do to improve um that to reduce their environmental impact you're listening to series four episode 29 and to my guest sal poiser this is another squadcast interview recorded on the 8th of november 2023 
Sal Poiser is an eco-entrepreneur that has a love for our planet and a burning desire to make a difference. She co-founded Adored Earth as a platform to inspire people to make small, practical steps to reduce their environmental impact. Being raised by a botanist, Sal was taught at an early age that small actions can lead to profound change. Sal envisions a world where every individual can play a part in preserving our planet's beauty and health, whether it is litter picking, cleaning beaches, seed sowing, tree planting, or choosing eco-friendly products in the home. Along with her co-founder, Jamie, Sal is on a mission to empower people with the knowledge and the tools to make simple, sustainable choices in their daily lives. Right, let's do this episode 109 of Working Hours with Sal Poiser. Okay, so before we go into the next question, yes. I want to know, what was your first product? First product? Yeah. yeah. So our sort of flagship product is a eco-friendly alternative to traditional laundry detergents. So we know that a lot of the traditional like powders, pods and gels contain what nasty chemicals like parabens and phosphates that um, don't get filtered out through water treatment systems and end up in the local rivers and, and oceans. So we create a formula that doesn't have any of those in. So it means that when people use it within their, you know, clean their clothes, um, it's a much more eco-friendly um, formula that they're using, which is great. But we also, again, try and think about being as eco-friendly as we can. We didn't want to make it in a big, you know, plastic bottle it takes a lot of um carbon to transport mm-hmm. so we um created these brilliant sheets that basically compact and compress laundry detergent get rid of all the water um, and just mean that it's a thin sheet and what's great about that is that it, we get 32 washes in a tiny little a5 envelope mm-hmm. which is amazing but then we've gone the extra mile and we've packaged it in craft cardboard so that it's, again, not contributing masses and masses of um, single-use plastic into landfills. So um, so that's our flagship product that we do as a fragrance-free version and a fragrance version. Um, and what's really nice and amazing, and we just didn't think it would ever happen, is that we only launched, just, I think it's about just over a year, so 15, 15 months ago. Um, and we just... We're part of the Clean and Tidy Home Show down in London with 13,000 people. Um, and we came sixth in the six down to the last six finalists for Cleaning Products of the Year. Mm, congratulations. So um, we were against some massive brands. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're still really excited about that. We're really proud because, um, you know, it's it, it, it's really reassuring to know that so many people want better products, want more eco-friendly options, mm-hmm. want to be more sustainable mm-hmm. um, and having something that they can have delivered to the house every month mm-hmm. so it's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been, yeah, it's been really inspiring to think that so many people like what we do and like our first product. Mm-hmm. So that's our that's our flagship product that we're very, very proud of called Eco Urgent. Very cool. So um, did you, how, how did you come up with the, I don't want to say one sheet. Uh, how did you come up with the, <laughs> the, sheet, the small sheet idea? 
Yeah. So, um, yeah. So my, my other half does more of the stuff behind the scenes. Um, but I think it all, it all came from just stopping and thinking about, you know, a really, we wanted to get, pick a product that people use every day mm-hmm. and it just creates a lot of plastic. Mm-hmm. So we think, okay, what about laundry products? How can we get rid of the problems? How can we get rid of the plastic? How can we make it so that it's as small as possible mm-hmm. to be able to transport? Mm-hmm. Um, so it really came from trying to, you know, stick to your values and think of all the way through, how can we make this as sustainable as possible? Um, and what's really interesting is that, you know, since we've launched, there are there's, a, there's other uh, brands that have, have used that type of approach, mm-hmm. um, but one of them is a very, very big brand and they've, pla- they've packaged it in plastic. Mm. Um, so I think for us, we just stuck to our values of wanting to really reduce plastic, reduce people's environmental impact as much as possible and, and held that through all our decisions and everything that we made. So it, it materialized into, um, you know, we, we like to think of it as the, the next revolution in laundry. You know, I think people originally had powder, then it went to like gels and then to pods um, and laundry sheets. Laundry detergent sheets are, um, I think, the, the way forward because it just takes away all that unnecessary plastic, mm. unnecessary water, un- unnecessary size as well. And the sheet dissolves as well, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Do you know, it's been interesting. (laughs) I think people sometimes think of, you know, like dry, um, dryer sheets, Mm. you know, in the past you put Mm. in, um, like a tumble dryer. Color catchers. Yeah. So I think people (laughs) sometimes see our product and think they're like that. So we've had some customers who bought them and then contacted us and gone, oh my God, I'm really worried. It's not there in the end when, when the cycle's finished. And we're like, oh yeah, that's meant to happen. I'd actually be really concerned if you if, if it didn't, because yeah. then there's a problem. Um, so yeah, it dissolves in hot and cold water. Mm. So what's really nice is that we didn't, we didn't even think, because we weren't doing it for that reason, we were doing it to be sustainable, but it's been really popular with um, like the camper van, caravanning, mm. travel community. Yeah because they can do it in um we've got some amazing loyal customers and brand ambassadors who have the scrubber bags and if you've ever seen them it's like a traveling washing machine and you can do it in cold water so we've got this massive community of people who love them because they can do it hand basically hand wash or on the side of a road or in a caravan Mm -hmm. and so yeah dissolves in hot and cold water so like so the only thing I can think of in terms of the design of this this is the missing piece for me so I'm guessing that your husband has some kind of background in in chemicals or in industry and that so he like how did you do it otherwise did you just know from various (laughs) cleaning components and you were like well this is low impact and this is low impact no 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 we can't take we can't take the credit for that no it's uh it's not been done by him we've got someone who's helped with the design of the product um so yeah we can't take credit for being master chemical engineers okay right now I'm going to go into how did you get into it so yeah so tell us the story of the business like how did it come about and what what was your kind of business business journey but like yeah yeah I I mean there's sort of you've mentioned it was in lockdown and we will cover lockdown again later yeah uh but yeah that's sort of because there must there's always a point of like I'm I'm gonna go into business for myself and then there's a point of like what am I gonna do or you just think 
there's this thing and the, first you find the thing and then you go I'm going to go into business for myself <laughs> I need to go into business for myself and I'm looking for a thing so which which way around was it like how did it yeah work? yeah no for us it was very much um having a lot of time yeah in lockdown was probably yeah. the first factor actually um, so I know we'll come back to it, but I know, you know, there's a lot of negative, hell of a lot of negatives. To, I mean, to, you, to you know, we can but... cover bits of it now and I'll just, you know, touch on the question yeah. later, but it, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we had a lot of time and I think, um, like I said, I'd always done a lot of lip picking and getting out. But, you know, when we had the lockdowns, mm. um, we got, I went out, you know, we had the hour where you could go mm. out going out lit picking that was what I did on my hour and um yeah we were finding gloves and masks and you know so much more mm. plastic sadly mm. um that we had so much time so we said we're, we're gonna set something up we're gonna try and and start a business um and we you know we both had jobs when we when we started this journey so it wasn't something that we did like I said for the money it was actually well let's just see if we can put some good out in the world try and make some you know difference um and we'll see if it works and see if it's something that that takes off um and like I said it, it very much as soon as we launched we had a really really good um sort of start really we had loads of people getting in touch and wanting to know more um and then it built from there and I think the 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 big the big thing for us I suppose it's more recently that's um that's definitely been that big part of the journey of where we've gone actually this is a this is brilliant is getting involved with the clean tidy home show this big yeah. big event down in london we, it was about nine months ago that we started that that discussion um and it was one of our customers actually who um got in touch with them and suggested us um as a brand at the show mm-hmm. and they saw what we were doing like what we were about and actually said yeah we want you to come and be a brand at the show, um, which was amazing because I didn't like again massive, you know, massive established yeah. brands are, are, are there every year. Um, so we got involved with them and then told them about what we're doing. And because we had access to, yeah, um, I think they've got access to hundreds of thousands of people in their community. Yeah. It sort of then just exploded from there. Really, <laughs> like they were like, "We love what you're about. We haven't got enough eco and sustainability brands at the show. We want to have more." we want to be more sustainable as a show. So um, we were working with them really about, okay, well, how can we take what we're doing on a small scale and make it, you know, the biggest we can be. So um, so that's when we started doing the community litter picks, the community beach cleans. We did one in person on the Wirral. So we had people from their community, all come from all over the country, came in person we had businesses um who actually picked litter on the beach mm. in person which was brilliant um we even had um a richard pearson from filthy house sos quite came along as well so yeah that was a really good event to profile that actually lots of people get involved um and then it just grew from there so we were getting people um join us from like i say different countries and and different places on lives um so they could join remotely mm-hmm by video um and I think we had like a two-hour litter pick together mm-hmm. like so yeah so so it, it's that was sort of I think that was where it started to really grow and actually get we've got loads of people who want to know us and learn about us so we grew our following grew our customer base 
um, all the way. And that just continues really up until the show, which was uh, last month now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a massive event down in London, like 13,000 people who came in person. And what was really nice is that there were so many people who've been following us mm-hmm. on, say, our uh, socials, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, um, who came and just um, wanted to chat to us more and wanted to learn about how they could get into litter picking. And we even took some um, Adorda Hivers jackets mm-hmm. that we had sort of self, I sort of screen print them. Um, and I didn't know if anybody would want one. And we were people were like, I want to get involved in litter picking. So we were giving them out at the show. Um, so yeah, that that was a really nice in-person event where we had so many more people become customers, um, join our eco-mission mm-hmm. of trying to make a difference. Um, and we've just finished a competition um, with the show of giving away some of our products. Oh. And um, and we've got, I think, an extra like, it was like over a thousand new people who want to get involved so yeah it's definitely definitely get involved with the clean tag home show is is taking it from uh you know a very small leads based business of me and my partner setting it up and trying something to you know really scaling up to you know get through to people nationally and even internationally so yeah that's that's some of the the big points i suppose Mm -hmm. in our journey I'm going to go through the questions, but I might go through them quite quickly, but there, there are reasons for me doing that. So, um, okay, cool. yeah. yeah, so I'm going to jump straight into COVID because we were sort of on it. Yeah. Um, so I want you to think about going into COVID, not just sort of through the lockdown and think about how much work you were doing as it was happening sort of thing. Like, did your work rate go up? Was it all frantically ringing around everybody in like this is happening we can't do that anymore <laughs> this is like working all the hours or was it it fell off a cliff and there was no work or was it somewhere in between or uh, what was that experience and also coming out of the lockdown what do you think are yeah. the things that changed for you work-wise obviously you've got a new business uh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but like yeah. <laughs> I mean in, in terms of the way that you work on maybe attitudes or things that you have or things that you are doing or perhaps have done in the business that you wouldn't have thought about before COVID maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And, and, and pick me up on any of those bits if I've missed any yeah. of them. Um, yeah. So really good question. Like I said, it, it, it's a good thing that COVID spurred us to create a business, but before the lockdowns, uh, so my background before I joined my partner with him setting up the business, was in healthcare so I was a frontline key worker mm. so I was out delivering food parcels in my spare time after finishing shifts of, uh, you know working in the N- N- NHS services so I was very very busy mm. um and was out you know as much, it was out doing the key worker role mm-hmm. um so it was very different from my partner who's who's the co-founder so he was in the house working in a remote role um, and then, like I said, took that time away and, and settled the business. So we had very different experiences, I'd say, mm-hmm. of, of that first bit of COVID. Um, and then for myself, obviously, um, because I was doing my role and helping settle the business, it was very, very, very busy mm-hmm. <laughs> and trying to be a, you know, a, a starting off a business and being a self-employed 
while working uh, is definitely a challenge, um, especially at first until you have confidence in what you're doing mm -hmm. and trust in your business. So it's definitely got better since our business has grown and um, got to the point where actually feels real. We don't have to worry about that as much. Yeah, it's, it's a real thing now. It's, it's it's a thing that exists. Yeah. It's real. <laughs> Definitely, definitely, um, because you do doubt that, you know, as mm. when you start in a business, well, you know, what is a lot it? of businesses fail. You know, unless you've got a factory or, a, you know, unless you're producing something that you can see, you're kind of like, what is this? It's just a conceptual entity on a piece of paper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely nice to have, you know, your head space more in your business and what you're doing and because it's grown and, and grown so much where we're having that impact on the community mm. um but it's a joy it's really nice to to be involved and have that headspace um and one of the things i forgot to mention before which is our big thing at the moment but i keep forgetting to tell people is that the other part of of being involved in the clean tidy home show is we actually won our first award mm. so we won uh, an award for a contribution to the community mm. So as a business, um, doing all the things that we've been doing, inspiring as many people as we have, we didn't do it to win an award. Yeah. We were doing that and then they saw what we did. Um, and what's nice is that we that was voted by the public um, and, then vote, and then went to a panel of people to judge. So that's been really nice that yeah. we won our first award, yeah. but that's been another platform for us to get even busier, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is again is really nice. So yeah, it's, it's it was definitely very different before covid to where it is now because trying you know trying to set up a business and work at the same time is very different to running a business and being able to focus on it um so say so that was that would be the biggest difference in like amount of work between those two periods so how did you sort of what was the kind of ratio of the time? Was it sort of you just had weekends initially as you were kind of brainstorming the thing and then it was like, maybe I can take a day off and spend a bit more time? Or was it more of a few weekends, then I'm going to maybe reduce my hours? Like, How did that work for you? Or did yeah, you just go, I'm burnt yeah. out, enough of this now, go away? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I think you have to, you know, you have to keep your passions and and what what I think different work gives you different things. Um, so uh, yes, it is very hectic working in a NHS um, frontline service through the pandemic, but obviously still love doing that. So yeah, I think at first because you obviously have to be secure, it was very much doing it at weekends and in the evenings and building it up. Um, and it was my partner first who had that sort of solid year of I'm just going to focus on setting up a business um, and putting everything into it. So because he did that, I could then just do the weekends and evenings at first until it sort of increased. And yeah, I got to a point where um, like I was very, I am very um, lucky that the charity that I um, work with let you do like condensed hours so I could move around things and do like a full Friday on the business so it sort of creeped up which is really good because you want to be busy you want to have things to do when you're self-employed um but I think I I was lucky enough to have that because my partner had um that sort of year being able to that's all he did and focused on it uh, within his role so us working together co-founding it I think definitely helped I think if I had set up the business on my own 
um, and it had taken off like it did, it would have just been, um, it would have been very intense mm. um, and had to maybe juggle it differently. Well, it, it's that, it's the resource thing, isn't it? Because I mean, if you, if yeah. you blow up like that and you're just on your own, it's like, I can't, I've, I've not, and it's not like you've got the money. It's not like people have just all of a sudden given you loads of money so you can just go, right, I'm going to hire loads of people. <laughs> it's just loads of people start going, talking about you and asking you and then you're kind of, uh, I can't deal with all of this. Yeah, and I, and I think it's, you know, it takes, like you say, it takes money to set up a business, you know, um, and again, I think that was quite, you know, one of, one of not very many positives from, from COVID was that because we weren't going out and mm-hmm. doing fun stuff, um, we actually had a little bit of money to be able to, to do that. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think people, you know, are in very different circumstances when they set up a business. And I think for us, um, we're, you know, we were very lucky that what we did, you know, people wanted and, and um, got on board with the idea because it could have been completely different. We could have chosen to do something that, that, that wasn't, a good product or a good mm. approach it was very much a risk and a gamble um but one that yeah we're really proud that it's paid off mm. i mean did you did you seek funding at all or did you just sort of know we're going to capitalize this ourselves we you know we're just going to save and scrimp and put it yeah yeah no we we, we funded it ourselves mm. um definitely a lot of scrimping and saving but like i said with covid um that, that did actually help because we couldn't spend yeah. it on other mm. stuff um and I think if we hadn't, you know, it would have taken a lot longer to get to the point of being able to set up if, you know, we're still doing yeah. going for food and fun stuff. Um, so, yeah, we're very, very lucky in that sense. But uh, we were, you know, we, we definitely built it up. Mm. So, um, you know, I think what's really nice is that when you do start a, start a small eco business and not like, you know, making 10 products mm. and launching them all, is actually we started off, we started off with one. Mm-hmm um to make sure that works before we do another one um so obviously every time you develop a new product it costs more money mm-hmm. um so at the moment when we're developing another new products at the moment that we'll get to a point where we we can release mm-hmm. but yeah it's it, that's the approach we've we've taken and i think that's worked really well um i you know i i i, I wouldn't have wanted to take out a massive loan and mm set up a business um and it's quite hard to get people to invest in new businesses these days yeah you and you don't want to be you don't want to be saddled with loads of debt if it goes wrong for something and it's like it sort of stings more doesn't it it's that you know you need to have the confidence to kind of go ah it's bankrupt go away <laughs> next thing <laughs> if you if you you know if you have to worry about money you're kind of like oh god i will have this like yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I'm sure that you know the, along the journey there could have been a lot more money we could have put into different mm-hmm. things. So, for example, you know we've been approached by a number of big shows. Now we've been involved in the Clean Tidy Home Show, um, and you know we could choose to to do them all, mm-hmm. but that would cost a lot of mm-hmm. money because it costs a lot of money to be brands at a show. Um, so we've picked the things that we think will have the biggest impact. Mm. And, are, and are, I think what's important is we've picked the things that are in line with our values and ethos yeah. um, and focused our money on those things rather than, you know, spending a lot of money on adverts just in case they work. Because actually I'd much prefer to put money into, um, like we've done a lot of giveaways where we've given away like litter pickers and like say high-vis jackets and um, litter picking hoops. So we've given we've given things away that have a good impact mm-hmm. to get more people to know about our mm-hmm. brand. So I'm much prefer to put money into that than 
big you know advertising budget so yeah it's it's worked for us and i'm sure at some point you know we'll keep growing and keep growing and and we might have to um look at investment if we want to go massive but for us we're happy to have a small eco brand um and just be us being co-founders at the moment um so we'll see yeah we'll see where that goes okay. i'm gonna do a segue here which i don't normally do uh <laughs> which i've already ruined by <laughs> But I was going to go, since you were talking about branding, straight into the social media. I, I'm going to I'll, I'm going to save Brexit till after. And then I'm going to, I will, for the listener, I will ask about the litter picking explicitly later on. Because it's the <laughs> word that's been said the most through this so far. Um, but yeah, let's do social media first. So I'm thinking as well that this is something that, you might have a passion for with you 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 kind of you know frustrated artist um it's uh, but it's a creative outlet isn't it so i'm guessing this is something that you might quite enjoy so are you are you the main social media person and yes are you the main person yeah yeah so that's that's the big part of my job so i make the things that look Mm -hmm. pretty um so i run all the social media accounts Mm -hmm. and um do all the digital design um so yeah i really enjoyed that's why i love what this Mm -hmm. job and what i do because it really gives me that ability to to tap into that so i've always had it like i say had an interest from very young of doing art but I felt like I couldn't go into it. So it's really nice that, you know, I can design, even design our packaging, our logo, our, the, for the stand that we've just done at the show, I've designed the whole stand and all the, the things for it. And I've had lots of people being like, oh, you've done that yourself. You're a graphic designer. And, you know, I'm not a trained graphic designer, um, but it's something that I, I, had, I had as an interest and it's become, it's coming really handy mm-hmm. for, <laughs> for doing this. And meant that I could bring that to, us setting up the, the eco business so yeah I, I spend a lot of my time um doing the social media and I think so I think for me is I I personally have a bit of a love-hate relationship with social media mm-hmm. because I do know how distracting it can be mm-hmm. if you're scrolling through things but I think that it does you know really connect people if it's used in the right way mm-hmm. um so we really try to focus our um our content in a really nice and positive and beneficial way for people so like I say we don't just put out loads of adverts you know we, we share lots of things about how to get involved in things in your own community and how to reduce your environmental impact so try to make it beneficial for people mm. so yeah I really enjoy I, I really enjoy that part of my job making videos making reels making posts um, and what's really nice for us is that I actually think Instagram in particular has been very, very good for our growth mm. because there's such a big cleaning community. So people who love cleaning, but also people who want to be more sustainable. The clean community. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And um, we actually, we had such a good response and we had so many, when we first launched, we had so many customers who'd found us on social media. Mm-hmm. So they, um, they, bought a product loved it found us on social media messaged us like oh my god you're on social media and we had such good response from that so we set up a brand ambassador program so we have people who um have been customers who've loved us that we invite to you know um promote our brand so you know we don't we don't pay them because we're not you know we won't want people who are just in it for the money but you know we um we give them like 
our laundry sheets. Um, we have just been making um, some branded Adore, like I say, high biz. So we, you mm. know, we give them lots of promotional products that they absolutely love. We've got like tote, reusable, sustainable tote bags instead of plastic bags. Um, and they, they're just, they just love what we do so much that they, you know, like our posts, share things with their own communities. Um, and that's again, really helped us grow. So I think mm. that, um, that's definitely been something that for us, has been a real benefit with social media is being able to connect with those people, um, in a way that like you couldn't have done back in the day, if you had a product that you just put on a, you know, on a shelf at Tesco or in a, in a, in a shop. You know, you pick it up, you try it, but you know, having that connection with a business through social mm -hmm. media, I think it's amazing. Like some of the conversations I've had with customers has been fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like people like really loving what we do, like offering to write reviews and honest feedback, not because we've asked them to, and not because we paid them to, or anything like that, because they just really care about what we do and, and want to make a difference. So yeah, social media has definitely been a a big thing for our business and one of the one of the enjoyable bits of my job i mean you you said that people find the product like the product then come to the social media initially wasn't i i mean because in terms of marketing for the product and getting it out to market and stuff i'm imagining most of that was just you had to drive it by social media i guess you you probably did a lot of emailing as well of like we started this and we're doing this so yeah yeah we we did it lots of different ways to be honest but what mm. i didn't realize um is how big a thing instagram would be so we didn't push mm. it on instagram but you know we would have like you have like say social media accounts like twitter facebook um i'd never used tiktok to be honest until we, we we set up the business um but we definitely had a bigger uptake after we after we launched mm. like, in social media people finding us and then getting in touch so yeah i think and to be honest you know there's a lot of things that we did at first through like paid ads through facebook the thing that stood out for me is that actually once people started to hear about us we really grew on instagram um and that's the that's the the channel that we have most conversations with people um that's been the most beneficial so that that definitely has grown massively before, since before the launch <laughs> So is that where the litter picking comes in sort of massively in terms of, because I'm thinking, yeah, that just that imagery, I mean, cause that's got to be your fundamental cleaning community post or one of them of like people litter picking <laughs> here and here and here. Yeah. And didn't start like that. Like, yeah. um, it's not something I could say that we did because we were trying to promote like, ourselves. What were, you, what were your first posts? What were you thinking with the first sort of yeah. stuff you did? Were you just kind of like, here's our product, look at the product, yeah. product shop, yeah. product shop. Yeah. yeah, very much about our products, you know, nice pretty pictures, you know. Trying you got to... some of it being used and, I, do, I mean, what kind of marketing background did you have before? Did you, did you have to read up loads on it or were you kind of, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, so no, my background is um, psychology based. So mm. my sort of perspective with marketing has been very much thinking about how people think. Mm -hmm. um, so I have quite a different sort of approach and understanding. So many, many, mm. many years ago when I was at university as a very young person, um, I did a psychology degree and did marketing modules within that, but mm -hmm. um, hadn't had any like formal training, but mm. I've very much developed my psychological understanding of marketing. 
so I think that's where um, that's the interest for me is actually connecting with people and using mm-hmm. social media platforms to be able to do that. So yeah, very much did learn from the process of just starting off with lots of marketing about the product, um, mm-hmm. and I think it was just you know like um like stories putting up of like what we're doing through the day. So this is what we're doing for yeah. the business. All the behind the scenes kind of stuff of the we're yeah. working on this now when we're doing that. Yeah. Because they're yeah. they're really popular, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it sort of grew from there, is that I think I've got some post ups. I think it was like hashtag litter pick litter, hashtag litter picking life. Mm. And was just showing going out and doing some um and and what I'd got into the habit of doing was even if it was just going to the local shop, taking a litter pick, picking um a litter picker and a um with litter free leads we have special bin bags that the council give us so taking those out in my bag mm-hmm. um so i was putting up stories of just going to the shop but picking a bag of litter on the way um not thinking much of it actually mm. um and then being really surprised at how many people were like oh my god that's brilliant I never thought about doing it like that and it sort of grew from there and started to 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 really take off so then we were like okay well, we're going to share more about this we'll share more about actually the national campaigns going on that happen mm. every year will share things about tips of, you know, um, the best litter pickers to buy that are from recycled plastic. Not that we sell, but ones that we actually don't contribute to the problem of buying lit- plastic stuff to do your litter picking. Um, yeah. And then that was really nice because people were like, oh, yeah, I never even thought about it from, from that angle. Um, so it sort of grew from there. And then once we got involved with the Clean Tally Home Show and they were like, oh, let's really, let's really think about how we can, you can make use of our community. Um, and we then tapped into their social media of like, right, this is what we do on our, you know, on our evenings and our days off. Um, and people started to contact us through that. And then it grew into, right, let's do our first community one. Let's all do it together. Let's meet up at the Wirral. <laughs> and I'll be completely honest, I didn't know if anyone was going to turn up. Um, so we uh, sort of had off. Everyone wants that. to be in those Instagram posts as well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in that Instagram post. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, I just don't know if anyone's going to turn up. Um, but it's a nice day out. We were out by the beach mm. anyway. Um, but obviously, you know, it was British, typical British weather that when we set off, it was absolutely throwing it down. It was raining. Mm. Um, so I thought no one's going to come because yeah. we put off by the rain but as we as we got to the Wirral the sun came out and it was like a perfect day mm. um so yeah we had we had loads of people come and I think that really spurred us on of oh my god we can actually inspire people to actually get out and do something practical mm. um and built from there so yeah it was it so that was like our first big event that we did um and I think the fact that we did it when it was got people there when it was raining was a definitely a big a big achievement um and being you know being a leads-based company um litter free, litter free leads is a fantastic community group that um that i've been involved with for years anyway um so it's been really nice to connect people with yeah we're doing mm. this but we're doing it in leads why don't you get involved with your own community groups on facebook or you know litter picking groups um so yeah that's that's sort of how it evolved really um yeah, been in, it's been a it's been an interesting journey. Mm. Well, it suddenly just started as well. Mm, definitely, <laughs> you got the rest of that hill to climb yet. <laughs> yes, yeah, and you know you can always do more and always learn. You know, there's a lot of learning that we're doing. You know, as being small business owners, um, 
it's yeah there's the stuff that we learn every day mm. um so i i mean the question normally there is just how much time do you spend on it do you feel it's a good return on investment i mean i think you, you what you've just said answers that clear <laughs> yeah and, and i think it, i think it depends on what your class is return on investment as well because mm. well it's yeah it's that amount of time i mean I, like early on i mean i guess you were you know you you you, you marketed well and that you got a good response early on you kind of well I don't know like would you say you knew your customer starting out or were you just like my customer is me or I'm just targeting people who like this kind of product or were you like who's going to buy this what do they where are they <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be really honest we've been really surprised by the the, the people that have loved it you know I didn't think about tra traveling you know and it being a, a no spill travel wash like that just hadn't occurred to me because that wasn't how, how we developed it so I think we 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 started off small and thought right we'll try this out we'll put it out in the world see we see how it does um and we were really blown away by the different markets that mm. that that it was popular in and then people sharing it within those communities and mm -hmm. then us finding out about it so our fragrance free version we we made it because me and my partner both have uh, dermatitis so i have like really really bad bad uh, itchy skin at times if you have like a you know a strong detergent mm. with a strong fragrance mm. so we made that for us because we were like well there aren't very many fragrance free options for people who skin reacts to a fragrance mm -hmm. so we did it for that reason and marketed for that reason um but it's been really popular with men who don't mm. want like a floral or a you know, mm. a, a maybe stereotypically feminine. I don't want to smell scent. like a meadow. <laughs> and so that was really that was really interesting. So then we were like, oh, okay, right. We'll we'll put more of a focus on um, marketing towards men. Mm. Then we had the yeah the big travel community that really surprised us. Um, that's that's we like we've even had people. We we did like um like a suitcase chat suitcase challenge campaigns where you were saying to people you know thinking about your carbon footprint and trying to save money when you go on holiday even um why don't you take a packet of or even just a few sheets with you of our laundry detergent sheets and try to take one less suitcase with you on holiday just as a bit of a fun idea because that's what we do so like we try and challenge ourselves to get it as small as possible and the amount of people who did that and shared it on social media and were like, oh, this is fantastic. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd never even thought about taking a, a, a travel wash or they'd had one that had spilt over the suitcase when they'd opened mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So they were like, I just literally put a cup in my bag and I did my hand washing in the sink while I was on holiday um, and really got inspired by that. And then, mm -hmm. then made the switch to having our laundry sheets as their normal wash and a travel wash just so that they're not extra waste and buy something that stays in a cupboard for a year mm. um so that was something we didn't expect um but we pounced on and we were like right okay brilliant let's think about how we can get even more people to try and take one less suitcase with them on holiday so yeah it's definitely definitely evolved over the last sort of 15 months um which is which has been really nice because like you say you you you, you know quite often you develop something and think right these are the people who would like this thing that I have made or this business or this mm. this this product or service that we're offering and um, so it is really nice when actually more people want it and people that maybe you wouldn't have, have expected or thought of mm. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the climate change question because I because I, I, I think there's 
further discussion as well that we can have and we can spend a bit of time on this. So um, Leeds has declared a climate emergency. What in your work can you do to either promote awareness or adaptation, mitigation? Obviously, you have a product that's all about adaptation, mitigation and awareness raising. I don't know. Maybe your other products are, you know, coal mines and <laughs> <airplanes>. <laughs> yeah no no we're not we're not those companies who has an eco product and then a coal mine on the side but um no it's a good it's a good question and I, and I think for us that's that's what prompted us to, to to do something you know um I mean you mentioned values a lot so yeah w- was that was that something you had in mind at the beginning for the business, like you wanted to have a set of values, you wanted to be values based because you hear a lot about values yeah. in yeah. businesses and startups and stuff. And it's like, well, at the end of the day, if you're not making money, you don't have a business. So your values are make money. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And every, every company needs to make enough money to survive and, and make mm. profit, of course. Um, but I do, I do think that if, again from a psychological perspective mm. that'd be my background that actually if you do something that you love mm. and that you put your passion into it and it's something people want then you'll enjoy doing it you know and that that's that's for us why we why we did it so yeah we'd 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 have we'd been thinking for, for years before we actually settled the business so was it you did actually sit down and go right this is I guess maybe not clarified in sort of corporate values but like the actual values of we want to do this and we want to make sure we're not doing that. We want to make yeah. sure we're not doing that. Yeah. And for us, like it's really important. It's through everything that we do. So mm. and, and, and because we don't want to, you know, we, we don't tell any lies. We want people to get what we're about and, and, and join us. So we don't want to like say things that aren't true or, you know, put a shine on things. Um, so mm. I'll give you an example. When we went to this Clean Daddy Home show, um, it could have been quite easy to, you know, do business cards or leaflets, yeah. Um, but that just would have contributed to waste mm. um, and potentially plastic. So, um, so I hand printed um, cards made out of wildflower card, wildflower seeded card with our logo on, mm. and like a, a thing for our website, um, and was giving those out. So for people who didn't know about us or um, just wanted to have a chat. Like, do you want one of these seeded car seeded cards so you can go home and plant some wildflowers um so we did that instead and what was really nice is that you know even if people didn't buy our product or want you know want to know more about us that's absolutely fine because not everyone's into eco and sustainable products um my thinking was that they would go home and throw it in the bin mm-hmm. and then maybe they would sprout up into um grow grow in grow grow somewhere so yeah. that so for us you know that was more effort that took more time I didn't buy hand <laughs> so it was something that I you know I could have quite easily just paid and got someone to make them for how us. many did you um, make oh hundreds 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 and hundreds but again that's my crafty <laughs> I love doing that sort of stuff so yeah it was I was doing it while I was watching telly you know yeah um so for me when when a company talks about values, yes, it's really easy to have some tick box things mm. that they write on a website. But for us, it's like all our decisions are made in line with that. So, mm. you know, we're not perfect. We're still growing. We're still building a business. But wherever we can, we have to try to do the right thing um, and try to be as sustainable as possible. So um, just trying to think of an example, other examples that we've had. So, for example, one, one of our 
you know, it's not what we're um, like our main thing that we want to achieve, but it's a side product of what we're doing. Mm. Is I was like, right, one of our missions is to plant as many trees as possible. Mm. Um, and again, you know, some some companies, you know, right, you know, in a, in a good way, try to offset and um, you know pay for trees to be planted. But mm. for me, with our values, I was like, no, we we need to actually make sure that happens and the money doesn't go somewhere else and we actually want to be part of that process so that's why last winter um we got out with the Leeds woodland creation team and planted with our bare hands 249 trees over the last winter um and each summer we go and we plant the seeds that then grow into those trees um mm. so we planted 2000 last summer and 2000 just over 2000 this summer and we're going to go back and do the tree planting with them in the winter Mm-hmm. um so even with that of us going right we want to plant as many trees as we can you know it's nothing to do with us making money <laughs> that's mm-hmm. just a side product of us having so many people following us that we've not just planted those trees ourselves we've then had people who've gone along to the tree planting sessions even with us we had another eco company who joined us for um a, tr- a seed planting session because of what they've seen us doing mm. So we've actually planted the trees ourselves, but we've got other people planting trees. Um, so that's part of our mission to try and plant as many as trees as possible, because mm. we know that I read a really interesting article recently um, about how litter picking and uh, tree planting um, are like two of the biggest things that can that we can do as a pra- you know, practical things to help. Yeah, support. like community based activity. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, that's that's that's. Does that answer your question? Yeah, you've forgotten the question. Um, we're, we're talking about how the designing of the, the values. Yes, uh, yes. And how yes. they sort of came about. I, I mean, yeah. we've gone off piece here, so. Um, no, no, it's not your fault. I'm, I, I let us meander. Um, so, I mean, I can be like, okay, so not not in a, in a like, but what about way, but. So on the litter on the litter picking front, yeah, isn't it just going to landfill? Like on and on the the sort of the tree planting front, there's a kind of like I I believe in all of the things that you're doing, but mm. like on the tree planting front, there's also like we need to save the old growth. Like you know, it's as much about doing that. I mean, and and I know it's all awareness raising, and then I suppose as well, there's the the kind of there's an element of the travel aspect obviously your thing has to be distributed and so on but the ultimate ultimate big one is you have a product there that's that that fulfills a need on on multiple levels like this has it could potentially get really huge in which case how do you combat that because there's the sort of wouldn't it be great to get really huge and, you know, be give loads of people jobs, have lots of money and power. And but also you don't want to do that because that's not your value. So, I mean, is franchising the answer? Like, I'll let you respond to all of those. But like it is yeah. I, I, it's a minefield and you, you, you're doing good and you're trying to do good. But there's always that kind of uh, yeah, there's the pull to fall off the wagon and there's the, also just yeah. the reality of like sometimes I've just got to do something so oh, yeah I'll completely yeah and and you know you do you do hear about companies who start off really small and have good values and grow mm. um and, and those things get lost so you know I, I can see how that happens 
Um, I hope that doesn't happen and I hope is it something we... that you kind of plan for or anticipate or like have a kind of we stop here because I'm thinking franchise I think franchising is kind of because <laughs> you well but that's it it's a kind of fabrication thing it's like here's the here's the thing maybe that mm. I've patented or whatever and then you make it there and then you you do that there like yeah, no, to be honest, never thought about franchising. Um, I will run it by my co-founder, Jamie, who <laughs> deals with the, that side of things. But no, I think for us, you know, because it did just start off as, right, let's try and do something mm. and it's grown. Um, it is something, you know, we're thinking about at the moment is actually how big how big do we want to get yeah. and how many people yeah. do we want to get involved. And, and I think for me, um, it, that's sort of why we've done one product at a time. Like I say, we didn't mm. just go out to market with 10 products. Um, actually, we wanted make something make it good make it right make sure it's something mm. that people want um and isn't just putting more waste out into the world mm. so yeah i think it'll it'll grow product by product um but yeah it's a good it's a good question um that we definitely will need to think about but um at the moment we're very much focused on growth and trying to get more people involved yeah yeah i guess as well because you've got you've got your social media aspect and you've got you know, all of those great stories, they're already, they land, there's an audience for them, you've got the engagement, but you've also got, like you say, with the suitcase challenge, you've got that thing where you can kind of take the challenge a different way or get somebody else within that challenge yeah. to speak about something else. And then you kind of, so in a way, you can kind of really do that organically through your marketing and your social media in terms of both awareness but it, it but it's synergistic with the brand mm. like it's a really yeah. good mesh of like you've I think you've nailed it to a large degree yeah <laughs> so uh I mean like maybe we should talk about some of the other products a bit later on but um yeah well, that's our, that's our only product at the moment Simon okay yeah so, so that's our our first Products. Oh yeah, you said um, you were getting a new one, so we we can't talk. Yeah, about so that, that we can't talk about that at the moment. No. It's still still <laughs> being developed, but um, that's our and that's what I mean is that we didn't just go right. Here's ten products. Let's grow massively. We were actually yeah. like, let's do one. Let's do it really well. Yeah. Let's build our community, and then let's do the next the next product. So yeah, it's it's currently being developed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, this is one that obviously I asked a lot more in lockdown, and I. And I it's, you know, I've had points in this year where I'm kind of like, oh, should I drop the COVID question? Because it's kind of, it's in an awkward phase. I, like I won't, because mm. I think it should stay through the whole thing because it, it's still with us and it, it's not going anywhere. It's a new normal now, isn't it? You know, I don't like that term that was used by the government at the time, but actually, you know, things have changed. And I think for us, you know, we wouldn't have, you know, we, being setting up a small business in the COVID era meant that we did put more focus on social media and we did push a lot on social media um and i think we definitely that's definitely continued but i think if like say mm-hmm. the question before that i don't think i answered fully um because i went off on a tangent was that you know if we'd set up this business before the pandemic i don't know if we would have had such mm-hmm. um uh you know a focus on social media and then had that impact on people wanting to get involved with what we're doing so yeah, I think it's still mm. important to reflect on because it has changed things. And you might not have had the audience either. Oh, no, completely. Yeah, no, we had people yeah. at home who would listen to what we were doing at the time. Mm. 
So I'm going to do Brexit. I don't. I don't think this will be long. But no, I was. I was. Yeah, I was thinking, but I don't. Has it affected your work at all? Like any discernible change? I mean, you did start before Brexit, technically. So. Yeah. Um, I think. I mean, do you send internationally? I know you're concentrating here at the well, moment. Well, so that's the thing. So we 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 very much focused on the UK at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I'm just trying to think if we would have made a different decision if Brexit wasn't there. Mm. Potentially, maybe we would have gone out to Europe potentially. But I think again, going back to our values because we're trying to do one thing at a time and grow and not grow too big too quickly. I don't know if that would have affected our decision making so I don't know I don't I don't feel like it's had a massive impact because we weren't establishing them you know this growth before Brexit came in um mm-hmm. but I'm sure I'm sure what we I'm sure the decisions we make going forward of of how and to what level we grow will be impacted by Brexit because it will be yeah. more difficult to go outside of the EU um yeah. one actually that's one thing we did think about was for example it's more complicated to send things to Southern Ireland mm. um, after Brexit. So like our compliance, because obviously with any chemical, you have to have compliance and mm. testing, mm-hmm. um, you know, that it, because of Brexit, that does apply to the UK and not South Ireland. Mm. So at the moment we don't, um, we don't send our product to South Ireland and that maybe that's something we would have, well, we definitely would have done that earlier if, yeah, yeah, if that yeah. wasn't in place. So I think that's probably the main way that brexit had affected our our business that i know because we set it up at the time when it was happening and i've had to yeah. adapt to it anyway so your market shrunk yeah 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 um or potential market. potentially yeah. yeah so we'll do the change question um this is always a good one with people who are self-employed this uh, <laughs> <laughs> is kind of like well i've done most of them um if you could change any three things about your work right now what would they be? You can be fantastic or you can be pragmatic. You can be realistic or idealistic. You don't have to use all three. Yeah. It's up to you. Um, I think I'd have an un- unlimited amount of time in the day. That would be that mm. would be lovely in an ideal world. So I could, And energy. And, <laughs> and energy, yeah, <laughs> um, to get everything done. You know, I think, you know, again, being on social media, people see, you know, a brand, Sometimes people think we have a massive team of people doing social media. And so, for example, if we mm. don't respond to a message straight away, we can have people going, mm. why have you not responded straight away? So we have to educate people and go, yeah, we're a small business. So, you know, you, I am the co-founder speaking to you, not someone who's mm. paid to do this. Um, yeah. But it does mean it takes me a little <laughs> bit longer <laughs> to get back to you. So, yeah, having an unlimited amount of time um, would be fantastic. Um, and I think for what's been really nice with the Clean Tally Home Show is connecting with other brands who mm-hmm. have got the same ethos. So I think that would be something that we definitely want to change and have more of going forward. Mm-hmm. Um because there are there are businesses out there with good values and good ethoses. Um so there's a um a company called Mindful Chef who go out and do community litter picks that I never heard of. Mm-hmm. But for us getting involved with the Clean Tally Home Show, the organizers of the home t- Clean Tally Home Show are like, oh you might want to connect with this business after the show so I think there's mm. there's the thing I would change is having an even bigger network of eco businesses trying to you know collaborate and, and make it you know make an even bigger difference and educating different audiences because obviously you know we've got our eco audience and people love that mm. 
but you know there's, there's a lot of people who wouldn't follow us that we don't have access to but we would love to educate and get them on board with things so yeah definitely linking up with other brands to mm. share our message is definitely something we want to change and a really nice one because thinking of, of the different aspects of this is um i've really got into started to get into walking meetings so doing meetings like on the phone while walking so, networking yes. oh no walk, walking meetings yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. one of the things i am going to change is do more walking meetings so i think that goes back to you know being brought up by a botanist and enjoying being outside mm. is actually um do you spend a lot of time at a computer or mm. design things on an ipad or on social media on an ipad or phone so um i would like to have more time away from devices um, but obviously being very much focused on marketing, you, you have to. So I'm going to be creative of how I can do that in a different way. Mm. Cool. I'm going to go back to the litter picking before I go into the UBI question. Yeah, yeah. What what is it like? Why why is it so huge for you? Like, I know. I, I'm guessing it's really therapeutic as well. Yeah. I mean, I know there's the social good and this, that, and the other. But what do you like? Oh, I really enjoy doing it. I really enjoy doing it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, definitely. Is it it the grabber? Is it the whole thing? Is it just the satisfaction of putting the thing in the bag? Like, what's the key, the key moment for you? It's really different for different people, you know, because I I had this conversation with people quite a lot. Um, Is it like, for some people, it'll be like, I hate the whole thing, but then I turn around at the end and it's all clean. It's amazing. Yeah. So my other half is definitely like that. It feels a bit like a game of like, I'm going to, like I've got all these bits and it's clean now. So like people have different approaches. So some people focus on one little bit because they want mm-hmm. it to be clean. So that's mm-hmm. my, 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 my partner's approach. Um, whereas for me, I, I really, I find it very mindful. So I find it very mm-hmm. um, like say therapeutic of like, I'll put my music on while I'm doing it. You know, I've not got things distracting me. Um, I can really get in the zone um, and enjoy the actual process of, picking it up and it is very actually rewarding when you've got a big bag Mm. Mm. (laughs) but it's a thing that you've done it's like I did this thing look at and I can see the results yeah and I quite like the sneaky ones like I say where I go to the shop and I do it then so some people you know go out and do it all day and do big litter picks but I I think the thing that spurs me on to keep doing it is you'll look at something and go there's no litter there and then you actually look and you look under Mm. the grass and you look at the side and there's a little, and you, actually. Well, you see one and then you start seeing all the others. Everywhere. And what's really interesting mm. is everyone who started it because they've been inspired by what we've done. They're like, you've given me a really like cursed gift of like, I didn't see <laughs> litter everywhere. And now I see it everywhere. I see it. And it drives on, me mad. On my street. I see it down the road. Like, um, so yeah, there's actually that side of it that once you start doing it, you see it everywhere. Mm. So it annoys you. Mm. But you see it everywhere and actually yeah. it's quite nice to feel an achievement of right I've got rid of that litter um mm. and it's it's litter free for a little bit you know I you know we live mm. in the city so you know sadly you'll you sometimes you you litter pick an area and you go mm. over the next day and because um what you'll find is that litter um like gathers mm. at the side because <laughs> the winds yeah. don't side yeah. the roads it'll be on fences so you'll, you'll clear like a verge and then the next day you go back and there's some there and you're like, oh, so it's really, it is quite easy to feel a bit deflated. But, mm. um, but for me, that just spurs me on to be like, oh, right, well, I've got to do it again. <laughs> I 
I'll do it again. I'll do it again. And it's different every time. And I'm always surprised by the things that we find. So I think that's what's been quite good about social media is we've actually literally videoed ourselves live doing that thing mm. um, and show people the things that we, we find. So like the one I did, the, the last one that we did, uh, the community one, is that I found a wallet. Um, I found an, an, an unopened Amazon parcel that hadn't been delivered, that I delivered to the person. I took it to the house. That was really nice because they were like, and they were like, oh wow, yeah, that's like, engaging. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so there's that element of it as well. Is actually sometimes you find other people's things or just random yeah. things that you just never would dream that would be out there. Um, but the biggest mm. thing for me, above all of that, is just the amount of plastic, like mm. the amount of food packaging, the polystyrene. I don't know how there is as much polystyrene on the streets as there is. Like, like I can fill up bags bags full of polystyrene i don't know where it comes mm. from um mm. and i think that's the the big thing is that it's really saddening to find mm. plastic in particular because obviously it doesn't biodegrade mm. um so that's the thing that keeps spurring me on so yeah it's de- you definitely get a good feeling from from doing it mm. there's there is that part but i think it's really different for different people of what they personally get out of it mm. so I want to revisit the landfill issue because I, yeah. I know you're going to have thoughts on this. So, I, and because it is plastic, it's like ultimately, aren't you just gathering all the plastic together to, again? But then it's going to go to a big field full of plastic where it'll kind of break apart. And around yeah, again. Completely. Don't you yeah. feel like yeah. it? Yeah, definitely. I guess. Well, it's that thing, isn't it? It's clear for a bit. It's clear for now. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not ideal, and it's it's one of the big reasons we. We, we launched our first products in the way that we yeah. did and chose the, yeah. the things that we did was because we did so much litter picking. It was like, can't there just mm. be like, can't we just do something about plastic? Like, it, it you know, there are other solutions. Companies just have to pay a bit mm. more for them. Um, so that that's for us was really like, well, you know, obviously litter picking doesn't solve the problem at all. The, the problem needs to be solved by corporations making better choices like, for example, um, when we send things out through our website, we have um, like envelopes that are made from waste sugar cane. So mm. they look like plastic, so they stay mm. like waterproof, um, but it's not plastic. Um, and mm. we made that choice. So there are companies who can make choices to make things that are biodegradable, not plastic. Mm. Um, so I do agree with you that it isn't the solution, but you mm. know, if we go out and let a pick, and you get plastic and it goes to recycling rather than mm. to landfill, then that hopefully will stop as much going to landfill. But yeah, no, it isn't it isn't the solution in the slightest. There should there should be more options, better options for people. And I do like the thing that's coming recently from the government about the banning plastic, single use plastic for food packaging, because there is mm. a lot. I'd say I'd find I find more food packaging and plastic bottles and yeah. polystyrene than anything else. So, yeah, I do think there needs to be government change to actually yeah. make a difference. Um, but if we go back to what I said at the beginning, if we if we just said that about everything, then not much would change. So we try to still still look at the positives of doing the picking. But, yeah, it definitely doesn't solve, solve the problem. Mm. So you, I mean, you know, you can't, you, you can't be aware of everything all of the time and everyone's going to have various blind spots but you are I mean it seems to me like you 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 you're really making an effort to kind of see any blind spots so, so 
you've thought about you know literally the downstream for your your products upstream in terms of suppliers and so on is that i mean obviously in terms of what you're buying but you i mean do you have a, a way of we we can do this we can buy from the other side of the world but it needs to fulfill xyz reasons to make it worthwhile or is it like how how do you do how do you make those calls and those judgments yeah no definitely and i think the the hard part is that you have to think about what goes into things like you say mm. because it can be quite easy to pick uh, ingredients without realizing you know there's the mm. products that have palm oil in them you know if you're not aware of the the consequences of what of what you do um and I think for us, we're, we're trying to, with every every new thing that we come to, how can we reduce the transport? How can we think about um, get it made as close as physically possible to our house? <laughs> so there's mm-hmm. less there's less of a journey. And like all the things that we made for like the uh, Clean Side Home Show, like try to make them ourselves or hand screen, hand screen prints, hand screen print things ourselves so that we're not sending things off to get um made but it it does take a lot of trying to think about all the bits of your process and there are blind spots there are things that you know you'll 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 get and you'll go like oh actually there's a better solution to that can we do this in a different way um where when we so we do sell on amazon um and we chose an eco um delivery because it's Mm. about our ethos and values um, and stuck with that for, for for a long time because it was about our ethos and values. Um, but in the end, you know, tried to have to think about that differently because the you know, with a lot of um, delays going on, the delivery time was getting so long. They're respecting the business, so putting more focus on our website where we've got more control of those things. So yeah, it is definitely a a learning process because it's so easy to not think about how something you do will have. A consequence or a um yeah an unintended unintended consequence a harm yeah oh no definitely yeah yeah because everything everything that is made comes from somewhere um so you have to be really conscious of you know are you doing the right thing are you making the right choices in the products that the products that you even make is it going to contribute towards that so yeah it's definitely a learning journey that we're become more aware of with our second product because there's so much learning that we've had over the last over last year okay i'll do the ubi question and then i've got another random thing i want to speak about and then i'll throw it over to you um so if there was a universal basic income how do you think that might change or have changed your work do you think you would have set up the business? Do you think you'd yeah. still be working? Would you be would you be spending all your time picking litter? Like, <laughs> well, I thought. <laughs> how that. do you think it yeah. might change things? Yeah. I mean, I love the idea of a universal basic income because um, you know, it gives people the opportunity to have a safety net and to mm. be creative. Um, I mm. think if that had been around when I, you know, was at school, maybe I would have been an artist. Maybe that would mm. have been a different career path for me. Um but in in relation to this job, um, yeah, I think it would have helped us to set up a lot earlier, having that mm-hmm. um security. I think a lot more people would set up businesses mm-hmm. if they had a had a had a safety net. So I definitely think it would have helped us start off earlier. Yeah, I, I think I was even if I got a very you know, it was very comfortable 
<laughs> uh, net. I think I'd still go out and do a little thing. I don't get paid for that. Like I've done that for mm. years. I've, I've always planted trees with my mum. Like that's what we did growing up. So um, yeah, mate, I don't know. Maybe we wouldn't release as many products, but we still do all the trying to inspire people and make a difference because we don't do that because we're getting paid. So I think I'd still be mm. as busy, busy on the marketing and social media and the community-based stuff that we, they do, we do on the side. But yeah, maybe we'd have a little bit more time to um not spend on pushing pro- yeah just so much advertising around the product side of things so the other additional question that i just wanted to ask about so because we talked about the you know because of when you set up and how you set up and how we kind of discuss various things so one of the things that i talked a lot about because it was a big thing during lockdown um was the sort of well-being mental health work-life balance kind of thing so partially I've you know touched on that because it was kind of topical I'm interested in it as well but it's also kind of how do you work you know like are you do you work a lot are you very good at separating are you one of those people where you have to stop yourself from working especially because <laughs> you're self-employed or are you sort of no five o'clock dead I'm off like I've got a life to lead this is work or is it all just work, 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 and then pick litter for therapy? <laughs> Good question. Yeah, and I think it, you know it's really hard as being self-employed to have mm. boundaries, um, and it's also really hard when it's social media related. As I said, mm-hmm. you know sometimes you'll be like, well, I'm not going to check our inbox on Instagram. Social media doesn't shut, apart yeah. from occasionally. <laughs> yeah, and then um, you go, oh, I won't look at it for a while, and then you know you look at it, and someone's like, oh, you know sent a, a message going why aren't you responding like it, it's just us <laughs> like mm. like we, we it's three o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah so um <laughs> so it, it's really easy to slip into that yeah. um so it's trying to get that balance i think between doing the things that have to be done at certain times but having boundaries um and getting really good at like you know we learned very early on you know have messages on our mm. you know um inboxes or emails saying you know, we can't respond in these times because we are a small eco business. You know, we're not a big multinational corporation who can, you know, twenty four hours a day answer answer messages. Um, so it does take a lot of um, a lot of having a lot of boundaries. Um, but mm. yeah, I'm really interested personally because my psychology mm. background of you know digital distraction of actually how much we get pulled into things and how much actually how much more enjoyment we have if we fully focus on something and we're in the mm. moment so I'm not perfect in the slightest but um I try to try to disconnect and like put my laptop away you know when I'm not using it I'll you know I've not got like a notifications on my phone something that's business related so that it doesn't ping how up. much effort do you need to make though are you are you do you have to make a lot of effort oh, yeah. to tell yourself yeah yeah no definitely yeah <laughs> I, I was like I can't I can't tell if you're like if you're an always working person or you're like because I you seem not stressed but like say you know because it's that sort of thing you seem quite a laid-back person so I'm like but yeah but I was like I also get the sense that you you work a lot (laughs) so I I'm I'm very I'm a very fast-paced enthusiastic person so I think that definitely helps in setting up a business but yeah, it definitely can can mean that you know you sat up at eleven o'clock at night doing mm. reels for Instagram. Uh, so yeah, it, it does take a lot of effort 
to not be working on time. I think when you're self-employed, and especially if you're doing the stuff that we're doing of like trying to inspire people, Mm. there's no limit to it like in the sense of you mm. could if you wanted to work 24 hours a day obviously you'd die <laughs> you couldn't physically do it but you you have to have a limit on what you're doing and the time that you're putting into things so yeah I I definitely try to have a cut off put things away not have things dinging and getting my attention but I'm not perfect it definitely happens I definitely get up on the weekend and do lots of, of work-related stuff and have to actually say, right, I'm going to cut it off at this time. Um, and my partner works in a completely different way. You know, I, I'm very mm. much of get up, throw myself into my work. Um, where my partner's, you know, he does work better in the evening, so he will work later because he started later. So I think it is mm. different for different people. But, yeah, I, I definitely have to stop myself from working uh, a lot more hours. But I think that's, you know, like I say, I think that is a easy trap for all people to fall into oh, self-employed. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Or or you you know, you get to that point where you you burn out and then you just stop. Yeah. Oh completely. Yeah. Um, I I guess you're pretty good at recognizing the kind of warning signs and or should be. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean my warning sign is if, you know, I notice I haven't had a drink or eaten, mm. you know, that quite easily can slip oh, out that's like bad. Yeah. When you're not when you're self employed, there's no lunch time you know it's not 12 o'clock I'll have a lunch so yeah there's definitely... so you don't do any of those like because I've heard people set an alarm for like 50 minutes and then right go go walk around and then are you quite good at moving through the day and so yeah yeah so, so you're not sort of hunched yeah. and or I... furiously just on your phone no well I try creating I... content yeah it's been really conscious of those things because yeah when I started you're very much on a little phone but I've got an iPad so it's you know trying to be conscious of like I've got it on a like a stand so you sit properly I've got a standing desk so that I can get up and move but it, you're right I was reflecting on this literally yesterday actually that yeah when you work from home that it's so easy to not go out all day so I yeah. try to and not, and not go home which oh, you have to do in an office yeah. they throw you out <laughs> exactly exactly yeah completely um so I try to make sure that you know when I get up in the morning I go for a walk around the block you know yeah. and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm on lunch when I take lunch I'll go around the block and at the end of the day I go around the block because I think there's quite a psychological thing in mm. like having that as you finishing the day or yeah. not having oh, work time well it's like they're getting dressed to work at oh, home yeah. thing that a lot of people do absolutely understand it it's like oh that's crazy no I absolutely understand it I mean through most of lockdown I I, I think I could probably count on both hands how many times I was dressed for a lot of it you know? <laughs> Oh no, definitely. Um, and I, you know, I know there's a lot of uh, benefit in like routine and getting up, brushing your teeth, having a wash. Mm. You know that stuff. Um, when you're self-employed, is the, the basic. Yeah. No, but it's no, but it's so easy. It's to so easy to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and exactly the eating, patterns. feeding yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I definitely learn, and I think I learned that from being in the house so much with COVID. Is actually how important that stuff is. But it does slip, and I have to. Mm remember no I do need to go out and walk on the block even if it feels like pointless because I'm not walking anywhere it's a good mm -hmm. thing for me to do for my own mental well-being yeah yeah cool um so I am done with my question I mean I can Great. chat more uh but I, I've <laughs> covered most of my questions and I think I covered most of the things that I wanted to kind of get back to um so yeah so where can people find you where can people find the products so um so we have our own website which is www 
adored.earth or just adored.earth. So it's dead easy to remember. Um, or we, we are on Amazon, um, eBay. Um, if you search Adored Earth, you can find us on there. But we're also on our social media accounts. So we're on uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Pinterest. And for all of them, our handle is at Adored Earth. So a really easy one to remember. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping that we um, that 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 in, yeah. we we haven't got onto any of the new social media accounts like. Um, lemonade and things like that but yeah we're on we're on instagram facebook twitter tiktok remember when people were talking about mastodon <laughs> we're all going to mastodon i didn't have a tiktok account to set up the business and that was a that was a learning you know experience um so i'm trying yeah so so we're focusing on them at the moment but in the future we might be on um the new ones that pop up have you written like uh, I mean obviously with the values based stuff like have you written policy documents and stuff for yourself have you, you like do you have a, a mental health policy of like I must stop looking at so much social I should media do. no I haven't right, no. a minimum of this amount of hours a week uh, sorry a maximum yeah no it's a good point um because it's just me and my partner we don't have policies. Well, that's it. so it's kind of like you, you sort of write a values document it's like should I write a policy on who's it for <laughs> but to a degree it's for your because as businesses like I said at the beginning you know ultimately it's just a, it's a piece of paper and a name and a concept and oh yeah a lot of that stuff can go on the website it should go on the website because mm-hmm. that's where people should be able to find out you know your accounts you like your prospects investment opportunities yeah, products yeah. like how to get all of that kind of stuff we, we very it's all put behind and hidden and should be more up front yeah you know like if you want a more ethical consumerism it's like okay who are you who are your suppliers what are they like how what's their history definitely yeah and I think you know it's it's a good point because we you know we set up the website and it's been an evolving thing um Mm -hmm. so yeah we can definitely we can definitely have more on and I I think I could use a um a, yeah a well-being policy to make sure that we don't do too much work in the in the evenings. But no, we haven't got any formal policies as of yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's something that I've like something that I've been thinking about myself for stuff. I was kind of like, oh, I should I I want because <laughs> I'm a bureaucrat, <laughs> so like I want, I want to be creating things of like this and this means this and this thing does this and I'm doing this for this and hold me to this um but it's like why who's for it's for no one it's not even for me at this point (laughs) no but like you say you know one of the things that is hard as a small business is like getting people to understand what you're about you know especially you know I say social media is great for us to get out but Think how you're much... always thinking of getting it down into a post, aren't you? It's yeah. like, we, I, I want to do all of these things and I want to change the weather, get it into yeah. this tiny post. Yeah, completely. And I think <laughs> that's why we love the Clean Tidy Home Show so much because we have people who've been seeing us, who came over. And... You can talk. Yeah, I spoke to some people yeah. for like half an hour. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And even people we never met. And and for us, um, you know, it wasn't like a long line of people buying products, but we were having really mm-hmm. in-depth, meaningful connections with people about yeah. who we are and what we do and 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 that was why we you know came away from that show absolutely buzzing and being like oh I've done so much like online that that's like a mm. big like first in-person event where we speak to people um, and we have people going away who loved us so yeah mm. um 
That's what it's all about, isn't it? People meeting people to people do people, people things. Yeah, and having conversations about things, yeah. yeah. And as, as, you'll, as you'll see, I'm, I'm a talker and I can go off track. So, um, yeah, it's, it's nice to be have the opportunity to meet people and have those conversations you can't have on social media. Mm. I mean, were you... Were you because the the thing is, when you think social media, a lot of the time it's posts and and you know post post do another post. But so much of it, and and like definitely, like on LinkedIn, a lot more of mm. the successful approach is very much like no 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 contact connect. Oh yeah, like send someone a mail, talk to someone about something, comment on a thing, be seen on that. I don't do any of this because I'm rubbish at the whole thing. Um, <laughs> I I know it, but I'm not doing it. Um, yeah, were you quite good at sort of doing that commenting, having the conversations? Was that part of your approach, yeah. or were you just thinking post, post, post? No, no, definitely. Um, because my background psychology, mm. like I, I, I think of it from that perspective. So I'm not, yeah. you know, I don't use the terms like people said to you, like, "What's your call to action?" Like, I didn't know what that was mm-hmm. because it was like, mm-hmm. "Well, I'm not just going to say bye, bye, bye," because that, mm-hmm. you know, that's not our approach, and that's not change your washing about. powder. No, exactly. <laughs> Um, so my approach has been more of trying to have those connections and, and, and good conversations with people. So, yeah, I definitely took it from that approach, mm. having meaningful connection, not just sell, sell, sell. Because I, I wouldn't buy from a company who was just like sell, sell, sell. You know, I make my choices on, you know, who the people are, who mm. sell the products that I buy, you know. So mm. I want to make sure that, that we take that approach as well. Mm. Yeah, well, it's the no like trust thing, isn't it? For coaches, oh, definitely going back to marketing speak. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm going to throw it over to you. If there's anything that you want to talk about, like literally, feel free to talk about anything, revisit anything that we've discussed. If you want to ask me any questions, don't have to. But like, if you want to plug another thing or an event's coming up, or you kind of like you, you <laughs> want to tell everyone what to do, whatever. <laughs> No, I think we've I think we've covered everything. You know, it's, it's pretty extensive. Yeah, it's it's been really nice. I, I, like I say, I I I I'm a rambler, so I do go off track. But um, no, I think I've got. Across oh, no, no, I think you were really good yeah. at staying on message. You kept you kept coming back to your talk. I, I kept noticing that I'd gone off track. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad. No, no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> like, like I say, it's a chat. It's like this is this is the 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 freebie podcast. I think where you can kind of like I don't have to be too professional, but I can get a bit of practice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no I, really, I just love talking to people my partner thinks it's hilarious we're at the show I was just like oh I'm just chat to people it's just nice to connect huge strength for a business I think I think the big thing for us at the moment I think I've touched on it is that you know we were just really proud that we won we won an award and we came mm. sixth in a in another award um mm. so that's the sort of the big thing that we're we're trying to like show people that to build trust like you say it's really hard to build trust online um mm. and people trust big brands and names they know Mm. Um, but actually what's what's really been really nice over the last few weeks why we're doing stuff like this is because people mm. hear oh you've what you've you've won an award actually mm. you must be doing something good and had more conversations so that's the only the only thing that i'd um uh, given on the shout out to is that we you know people can trust us hopefully if they come come and check us out and learn about us that's 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 the big thing for us that we're very proud of is it a thing? I don't know if it's a thing, but like in terms of green workplaces and the green economy in Leeds, are you kind of, are you quite in touch with a lot of that? I guess through the litter picking, you probably network quite a lot. Yeah, so um, we got to the point where um, 
we were going to go and work in the Leeds Climate Change Centre and connect with those communities, mm-hmm. but we had personal things come up recently, so that hasn't actually materialised as of yet. Um, but I'm hoping that you know we can go and work from there and make connections with people because there's so many great, like you say, when I went to meet them and, and have, just tell them about what we were doing and be like, you know, we do want to connect with different things going on in the city. The things they were telling us about that go on at the, the it's the Leeds Climate Centre, isn't it? Climate Change Centre title. Yeah. The things mm. that... The, like, what the Climate Action yeah, Leeds yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. To make sure it's getting the title right. <laughs> um, the stuff that's going on there is brilliant. So for us, that's going to be the, mm. the way that we're going to connect. Next to Trinity. Yeah, just next and, to the Trinity. I think yeah. it's the pinnacle. Yeah, yeah. Pinnacles? Amazing view in there, isn't it? Pinnacle building. Yeah. I, no, I think Pinnacle's the one that's a bit further up. But it it's might next be. I don't to, know. Um, but it, yeah, it's in town it's next, next to H and M. That one. Uh, yeah, it's a lovely. It's a yeah. gorgeous office. Yeah. Like it's got. If anyone yeah. you know hasn't checked it out, wants to. If you haven't been, go. It's like it's worth just going for the view. just for the view. Yeah. So when they said that we could go and work from there, like hot desk and and connect, I was like, oh my god, this is like a, a penthouse city centre um, uh, office. So yeah, mm. it's a beautiful place. So yeah, we we we're not as connected as we want to be, but that's definitely something that we're that they they really want us to get involved with so yeah now things have settled down a little bit we're hoping mm. to go and work from there um at least one day a week so that'd be really nice well i, I mean i'd ask about the future and stuff but obviously we know there's a second yeah. product coming and you know so to yeah, be continued to be you know follow on would... socials sal gave you all the socials <laughs> follow yeah definitely check us out um i think the next six months will be really really exciting yeah lots of, of big things coming mm. um Thank you again to Sal for being my guest. You can find the website for Adored Earth at adored.earth, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash adored hyphen earth, or you can find Sal on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Sally hyphen poisoner hyphen adored earth. Thanks as always to all my guests and thanks to you Leeds for being my subject. If you are in Leeds or from Leeds, if you are Leeds, then please come on this show. Yes, I'm speaking to you. I still need to find 891 lawyers to interview. So being a guest is the greatest help for the show. You'll enjoy it. Remember to like, share, follow and subscribe to Working Hours and please consider supporting Working Hours financially with either a regular donation, patreon.com or a one-off donation of any amount at ko-fi.com. Just search for Working Hours on both sites. You can email Working Hours at workinghourspod at western-studios.com. Okay, that's me. Work for peace and plan with kindness. Cheers, ears. Take care out there and be kind to each other, leads. Working Hours is produced, recorded, edited and published by Simon Treen for Western Studios Leeds Limited. The music was The Bees from Chopin's Etudes, which is in the public domain and was taken from museopen.org. Follow Western Studios Leeds on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash western underscore studios underscore leads and on LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash western hyphen studios. Western Studios Leeds will help you realize your podcast for only £25 for an hour of podcast work. Need podcast production, recording, editing, or any podcast admin doing? Need it all doing? Do you want or need a podcast host or co-host for your podcast project? Then get in touch with Western Studios Leeds Limited. 
Email makemypodcast at western-studios.com to get your podcast made. I am available to third sector organizations, small to medium sized businesses and individuals who want to make podcasts or create other digital audio content. Want to make some fundraising case studies? Want to show off your expertise in your field? Want some help creating your show and format or just some support learning to podcast and getting going? Whatever your podcast needs, get in touch with Western Studios Leads. Go to western-studios.com and use the contact page to drop me a message about either working hours or about your own podcast project.